Live from a partly cloudy Portland, Oregon, it is the Silicon Sasquatch Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Cummings, and once again, I'm joined by Aaron Thayer. Hello again. And Doug Bonham. Greetings. Who's sporting a snappy hat. My head's, my head and my nose are a little bit cold. It's a little bit chilly out here still. It needs to be like March and April when it's either a little bit warmer or rainier. It looks way. like a newsy. Something like that. Oh, Keeps man. my head warm. Can we get you to present the song at some point? Absolutely not. Well, this Absolutely podcast not. is over. Um, just kidding. We're gonna we'll, we'll press on despite uh, Doug's. Uh, I refuse to burst out in song or go into vaudeville either way. Anyways, well, at least you get to keep the hat. Yep. So this week's topic is about a very self-serving topic: um, writers and writers getting recognition. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Because our egos cannot be constrained. This is our topic for our second podcast. Um, it, we were hoping to push that further, but here we are. But it's actually kind of a pertinent topic at this point because of a, a few recent developments. And uh, Aaron, would you like to kind of fill us in on the, the haps? The haps are that more or less the uh, winner for the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, their video game writer award was announced um, in January, and that was Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. And the fallout from that has been, you know, Where's Mass Effect to Where's Red Dead Redemption and a few other games, I'm sure, because they weren't on this list even as nominees. You had things in there, as I believe it was one of them. Um, oh, I forget the full list now, but they were not really high-quality games that you would normally expect that are going to win an award. I remember the Force Unleashed 2 was Force Unleashed 2, yeah. Which, which is goofy, based on what I know about that game. Yes, the, you know, cloning the apprentice and all that other shit. So is, is this where Nick and Spencer would chime in and ask where um, Minecraft is on the list? Oh, come on. My hubris isn't that ridiculous. <laughs> Minecraft doesn't have any writing in it. Jokes! Well, we could actually... <laughs> I would like to raise the point about Minecraft after we do the introduction, because that actually is a decent topic regarding this, about script writing. Because hmm. the current argument is that, you know, these um, WGA awards, some developers want the lead writer for Deus Ex Human Revolution... Um, she was basically saying that, okay, so the only reason these exist is so they have to be, people have to be a member of the guild, they have to pay their dues, whatever, and then the actual head of the video game awards for the WGA, um, Micah, I forgot his last name, he comes back, he writes on Games Industry, uh, kind of a editorial about it, saying, you know what, it's $60 a year, which is not for being a member of the guild. And it's basically that they only want to promote the people and developers who give their writers appropriate credits. So the current nominees and the winner for this year's award, following the style that they established for their film and TV awards because of the proper crediting. So the argument there and what we're talking about today is, is it fair for these developers to not credit their writers for their big blockbuster games, and is that something that we have problems with in an industry that is now, more than ever, mirroring the film industry as it started developing from the silent film era to the modern era now, where you can get paid millions of dollars for a quality script and have your name all over it. I think we should start, then, um, kind of tangentially related to the idea of formatting it with the... Uh, uh, you- you you showed me an interesting article earlier today, and we'll uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, talking about the uh, 
the origins of script writing in, in film and how in the earliest days they weren't called script writers. They were called uh, scenarists. Is that right? Scenarists. Scenarists. Something. I don't know the pronunciation. Okay. That's okay. We can move on. From Our that. film professor would be upset about this. The Guild established rules back, what, 1920s, 1930s, something like that? In the 30s. 30s. And they've been dealing with probably updating the rules a little bit from time to time since then. Yeah. Just try to sound like experts about it, which we aren't. But with, <laughs> with film, so it starts out, yeah, where, you know, what kind of script do you need for man runs across train tracks before train, you know, hits him? So it starts out with silent films being very basic, and then the, the scenarists, or scenists, or scenesters, maybe. We'll call them scenesters. Scenists, yes. They had tight jeans back then? Yeah, exactly. They had tight jeans, and Paps was actually around since the 1850s. Yes, it was. So That's it true. Was. That's true. <laughs> Um, these people would just basically either ride say, their pixies into the set. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that was the only kind of bike they had in the uh, early 1900s were pixies. Like, like a fi- well, I guess those old penny farthings or whatever they call them, the ones with the gigantic front wheel yeah. and the tiny little back wheel. I guess those were technically probably fixed gear as well. So, so they would write. They would basically uh, write. You know, like here's an action it happened. Because, as we all know, early film didn't have a lot of character development until you got into things like Chaplin and. Um, uh, DeMille, and just so on and so forth. So basically, an early script writer was nothing. They would basically do a storyboard, maybe at most. From there, we started getting heavy scripts, your Casablancas, your Gone with the Winds, all that that we all know, it developed. Mm-hmm. And your adaptations as well. Yes. Right. And so, you know, they've come a long way because it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. The parallel for me, and why I wanted to talk about this in the podcast, is because is it fair that now with these gigantic games, Mass Effect especially, Red Dead Redemption, any of them that have been left out of the WGA awards because they didn't credit, we're at the stage now where these scripts have to be massive. I mean, if you're sitting with a writing team trying to develop you know, all the narrative nuances for something with branching dialogue trees and different endings, that is a gigantic project. And it's not fair, in my opinion, that they don't get the same credit because now, you know, um, you have films that get all their proper crediting, games don't, mm-hmm. and it's like when we were kind of talking before we started recording today of uh, the old school games, something that didn't require a lot of narrative kind of has a parallel between silent film era, guy running across a train track, and, you know, Dig Dug. Like, mm-hmm. who really needed to put a story into that? It's a good question. Um, so let's let's maybe try and draw some conjectures, I guess, about why why so many games don't follow this format. What is it about what the WGA expects before it considers a game for an award? What is it that doesn't mesh? Is it that writers are not being identified or properly given credit in their own way at all in these games? Or is it just a matter of like a technicality? Or um, what what is the, the key conflict here? What it seems like is just doing research on the topic, which anyone can at their local library or using Google, is you can just type it in and find exactly what is going on with this. And the International Game Developers Association, lovingly known as the IGDA, put out a white paper around 2007. They even had kind of an almost like a political action committee about this, investigating how the industry doesn't properly credit its writers. Um, and they actually put up that paper saying that, that they're trying to draw the parallels between the film industry and how, from what they said, quote, is that, you know, you're only good as your last game in the games industry. And mm-hmm. a lot of places and developers and publishers do not properly credit writers. And that leads to, as we can imagine, as people who create media, 
as we learned from just, you know, copyright law, that's a very, very sticky, shitty situation to be in as someone who's created. If you're not going to get the proper credit, how's that going to develop your career? Yeah, like the statement I saw somewhere was that, you know, as a writer, your, your greatest asset is your name. And if you're not leaving that trail of, you know, kind of proving your accomplishments, then you really have very little work with in terms of building a, a sort of a, a CV or portfolio as a professional writer. Yeah, it, it seems like it smacks kind of of the early, early days of video games, you know, not in terms of writing credits, but in terms of credits, period. Like, there are a couple of the early, early Atari games and um, others like that where, like, somebody had their initials or their name as an Easter egg, and um, and that was, like, amazing that they snuck it into the game to be able to take any sort of credit for it. And it was the founding of companies like Activision and Electronic Arts where they said, we will give you guys who are coming over from Atari credit for your creations. Like, you can put your name as the designer on it, but this is also at a time where games were able and often were done entirely by one person, or maybe added, bringing in somebody else for small specialized parts, but oftentimes where the entire project was one person. Mm-hmm. So it may be a little bit easier to say you've done all this so you can get all the creative or all the um, all the credit for creating it. But it seems now that this kind of heritage of the company or the, the studio that designed it or the publisher that's putting it out there is getting a lot more recognition than the people who are behind the game. And I think from you know the 50,000 foot level from taking a look at what this means in terms of, for wider terms, that gaming, we're still looking for people, you know, we have a couple of people who are well known as designers like Shigeru Miyamoto or others, but um, they're, known, they're known better for their <laughs> games than for what their name is with the game. Like, there's no Steven Spielberg or somebody like that who their name carries a lot more weight than the title of the movie that they make. Unless their name is in the title, like Sid Meier. Sid Meier? Yeah. And I actually want to talk about that, because we, we talked about the very origins of video games and writing for them, versus, like, you know, you talk about the major publishers bringing on people and kind of promising that sort of recognition. Uh, in the 90s, you saw this trend emerge where a lot of, I guess you could call them, like, probably the most, some of the most creative people in the industry, not all of them, obviously, but... Uh, really started pushing for um, their names on the box. They wanted that recognition on the box so that it wasn't just um, civilization, it was Sid Meier's civilization. It, um, it wasn't just Sam Max or Grim Bandango or Monkey Island. It was Tim Schafer or Ron Gilbert or a game by these people, Tim Schafer, Grossman, whoever. And uh, that trend has all but gone away. Um, I think as, as game teams have grown in size, and as you've seen this sort of schism emerge between bigger and bigger budget mainstream games, $60 retail games, and the indie scene where these are all up and comers for the most part, there's really no space for a guy's name to be on a box. And I'm not saying that that's how it should be, because clearly a, a game is a team effort, a very huge team effort. And, you know, while it makes sense in marketing movies to be able to say this is a film directed by Steven Spielberg, even if it's another shitty Transformers movie, it's still going to help some, sell tickets. <laughs> through some horrible act of God. And in games, it, it really doesn't seem to have the same resonance. And um, as a result, I, I really feel like there's been this trend towards, um, just from my observation, of reducing the in- importance of a writer's role in a game. Uh, you have to scour the credits, the very, very long credits in a game like Mass Effect 2, right. or, um, you know, as you said, Red Dead Redemption, to really get a sense of who wrote what, like who, you know, and, you know, 
And maybe that's because there's so many different ways you can write for a game. You know, there's dialogue, there's scenario, there's all that stuff. But, um, you know, clearly it's a convoluted issue above all else. Well, you look at maybe an example, too, is you mentioned Minecraft in the beginning, and then something that I was thinking of while we were talking is I've been playing through Enslaved and have gotten fairly far, which is a great game. It has a great yeah. script for it because it was written by, and I totally forgot his name. Which, oh, it was a really good the writer. Beach, uh, he also did 28 Days Later. Yeah. Um, screenwriter. He's very well known. As Garfield, is that his name? Garland think, or something. Garland. I think you're on the yeah, right Alex track. Garland, is that right? I believe so, which, you know, it just goes to show that he's well-known, but we don't well know, know him well enough to be able to remember his name. We're but really sorry about that. <laughs> if you ever listen, so... Yeah. We I mean, love the, your work. Yeah, and <laughs> the point is, is that with with him, is he wrote the script for Enslaved, but it's nowhere on the box. Yeah. And I also don't think that it needs to be slapped on, like, written by Tom Bob... Johnson the third and oh my god I love his game writing it's so great when he did Who that doesn't? iPhone app yeah that shit was killer man it's those birds were so angry <laughs> it's it, and just to let you guys know I checked on IMDb and it is Alex Garland Alex, Who wrote, Alex know, Garland twenty days later a couple other movies yeah um but yeah. Yeah. So someone well known that actually wrote for video games and he's not on the box what got him to do that is was he even credited in there I haven't finished the game so I don't know if he's in the credits but just hypothetically, if he's not, does that mean that trying to bring over these people who have that kind of screenwriting history that, you know, hey, everyone knows me as the person who wrote that movie. Why would I want to, um, you know, write a game if I'm not going to get any credit for it, potentially? And that's a good point. Like, why? Let's take Enslaved as a good example, because that's a game that undersold. It underperformed at retail. Worldwide, I think it moved 460,000 copies. Yeah. Um, which is half of what Vanquish moved, and Vanquish is probably even more obscure. Right. Which um, also an awesome game, but um, <laughs> but Enslaved. I think anyone who plays it will tell you that its greatest strength is maybe not this, the the world that was created, but the 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 way the characters are portrayed and written, and the banter that goes back and forth, the timing, the pacing of everything about that game's writing is so solid and so believable. It's on a level that you don't really see in the industry outside of a game like Uncharted, and uh, it was filmic. It was. It was very filmic, and in a way that made sense for a game. Um, yeah. And I think that that's that's the strongest point of that game. Why was that not on the box? Why was that not advertised in any capacity? Yeah, which goes to show, like we're saying, if we kind of not even barely remember his name, if I was in his position as a writer, I would be looking for that same credit, not because I'm an egomaniac, but, you know... If you did a good job and if you've been brought over because of your film work, then why shouldn't you get the same credit you would if you were in that industry? And, you know, that's if we're looking at games, it's continuing to have this whole aching of Hollywood situation where everybody's been talking about that for years and it's an issue or it's not. People like it or they don't. But if you're looking at games like Minecraft that mm -hmm. don't have a plot, but in essence, they do. I mean, the plot is like an old school game, is you have one objective, it's survival. Right. And a lot of games like that now, between iPod, iPad, um, downloadable Flash games, it doesn't have to have a heavy script, but the narrative has developed in all games so well that what happens when these kind of Flash games or small games get bigger, they have their own narrative. I mean, I just see it as a problem, and I think it's completely unfair that developers of any level may not be giving credit to anybody. Right. I mean, I think we'd all agree that, you know, we've never made a, a real, honest-to-goodness, awesome game between the three of us, unfortunately. Yeah. But, well, 
Wait, let's see our next idea. You know, there's nothing in the works. Passive birds. Oh, okay. No, the the uh, you just fling them from one planner to another. The MacGyver, <laughs> the MacGyver adventure game we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. Oh man, why hasn't Telltale done that yet? Yep. Oh, copyright. We're doing that. What is Richard Dean Anderson doing right now, anyway? Don't know. He's still on... Oh, wait. I don't watch Stargate, so... No, he's not on there anymore, is he? I, I don't know. For a while. Do I need to fire Sp- IMDb I bet up again? Spencer will we can call Spencer and ask, but... <laughs> do, do I need to check on IMDb for this again? No, he's not important. Okay. But... But, yeah. MacGyver. MacGyver. Look for it. Summer 2012. MacGyver, the adventure game, coming soon from Carbon Neutral Games. Use- or Car- Carbon Neutral Shanghai. <laughs> yeah. Montreal. Since, since we're there. Oh, shoot. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Adventure games are all about combining stupid objects, right? Like, use paperclip with, like, memo from your mother, and that creates, like, a sailboat. So, you know, we're... Yeah. Then, seriously, why the fuck has nobody done this with a, a TV series or, I guess, an IP where their entire conceit is put random shit together and make, you know, a bomb? Like, I, I can't believe nobody's thought of doing this for an IP. Well, it's because it exists. It's MacGyver. Maybe it's just a hard license to get. That must be it. It might be in licensing hell. Viacom probably uh, has it. In a or I can I can imagine it's one of those situations where there's like six people that control the rights to it. Like it's kind of like a maybe like a Guns N' Roses sort of situation where there's a bunch of people that have some of the right and copyright to it, and they all hate each other. So you can't get them into mm. one room to agree to anything. We could probably get them a Gruber license, but that would just be dialogue trees. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We and then really, really shitty parody of the graphics. Yeah. And you would probably keep failing at everything, too, because that's the kind of... And no conceit. one would laugh. It would be very awkward. And the only good thing would be a Lonely Island video attached with it. But that's neither here nor there. Summer 2012. Yeah. Yes. Look for it. Yes. Um, God, where the hell are we now? I think, I think one of the things I keep thinking about in regards to crediting writing and doing it properly is beyond film having this um, established as something for you know almost 80 years, if it's been founded from the 1930s, that this is what the guild does and this is how you credit people. Um, the other problem is the, the definition and the, the way the games are. And I think they can get more and more filmic elements in, but to blindly say this needs to be exactly like how films are made or how films are credited might be missing the point a little bit. You take something, yeah. um, I'm completely shooting out of my ass here right now, but it's really messy. It's but. awfully unfortunate, Doug. Yes. Um, but, you know, if you take a... Gross. I'm about to change the label on this podcast to explicit now. We're going Thanks, to explicit. Um, but if you take, you know, how much writing's in a movie, like a two-hour action movie or any sort of movie, between writing for scenes and writing the dialogue, you know, let's say it's 100, 150,000 words. Something like Mass Effect, between all the different small storyline pieces you can go to considering all the content could be 10 times more writing right mm-hmm. because you're doing you know a 30 hour mainline story and if you do all of the side stories and everything you could be up to 40 or 45 hour experience and not all of that is shooting death so you have a lot of things that need to be written plus you know the all the different screen and textual stuff within all of that immersion in the menus and everything else like they're putting of the uh, codex entries for the you know the Mass Effect Bible entries in in there you know yeah and so that codex is well written there's <laughs> a lot of writing yeah and it's not I feel like in film you can have a director and you can have a writer where their influence is going to be from from within one person is going to be so much greater on the direction of the whole than in a game like 
especially of the scale of a Mass Effect or a Red Dead or an Assassin's Creed. Like, those are going to require writing teams, and those are going to require delegation, and those are going to require having an overarching, like, idea where somebody says, we're doing, this is the main arc, and I'm going to split you all into 14 different teams, and you're each going to try and write, you know, we'll give you the idea for each of the different scenarios, and you're going to make sure everything's consistent, we're going to make sure everything's consistent at the end, but you're going to write them individually, because this is going to take way too fucking well, long if we don't. Do you think it's the it's the fault or folly of the WGA of trying to shoehorn the video game industry into this kind of established um, classification? Because if I, I look at be. it, and you make a good point about it, saying you know, so if you think about that, which you can say Mass Effect or any other game, or even Dead Space Two, which I just started playing a couple of hours ago, and so far. Same thing with a lot of games, like you're talking about codex entries, little dialogues that pop up. Audio logs, text logs. Things that you may never see when you play through, but it's there and has to be written. Yeah. You have to have all of these blanks filled in, which is the beauty and the curse, I'm sure, for development of a video game, is you can write 5,000 words on just like, you know, some fake advertisement in a game, and someone may never, ever see it, but it's there. So I'm sure within the company itself, these people do get credit, mm -hmm. but... If you want the notoriety, if you want the games industry to be as mature as it can be to develop, you do have to properly award the people. But you gotta so play ball, basically. Yeah. yeah. WGA is what you're saying. And so if, what if, do we have to do? Like create, you know, new credits. Like you know, you have characters or based on characters by, written by, um, edited by. Do you want it like? Immersion written by, or like, with, you know, I think whatever text written by. One of the things that they took the task in there is definition of like lead writer versus you know uh, junior writers or lower level positions. And from what my interpretation of this is, is if you're a lead writer on a movie, you're doing a lot of the work. You might have a little bit of help from people below you for editing or for other things, but you're doing a lot of the hard labor mm -hmm. because it's possible too. If you're a lead writer, <laughs> if you're like one of three lead writers on like Mass Effect 2, you're making sure everything's consistent. You're not yeah. maybe doing all the writing yourself, but you're the guy who knows that whole Mass Effect Bible they have. You know it inside and out. You know how to phrase different things for Asari. You know how they to phrase different things for different races. Character profiles for everybody. Yeah. Craft the mythology like, more or less. And because of the nature of the size of you know, game development teams and probably the writing teams, like, you're doing more of a management role instead of a, you know, specific putting, you know, panning words on the keyboard sort of role. You're not, you're not doing maybe as much of the hard labor, but you will have as much, if not more, control over where it's going because you're trying to maintain consistency. Right. And then there's also examples like, you know, there's all sorts of item labels in games like, you know, racing games and sports games, all those. That takes, you know, probably about as much writing as, you know, Doing taking care of the dialogue for something like Mass Effect, but does that fall under the same standard for writing? Um, like, it's a, a bloody message smeared on a wall, and someone's dying. Or Left 4 Dead 2 <laughs> scripts that they leave, you know, on the walls, the survivors writing. Yeah. It's like, I mean... Or, I mean, just well, even... Even the band Even item like descriptions, yeah. like menus and sub-menus, like, yeah. you know, if you hover over something, or if you're looking in depth at, like, the differences between things, it'll go into, like... On Forza 3, you'll see what this part does, and it'll tell you what it is in, like, a paragraph. That's also writing for video games. And so I think, to a certain extent, like, the WGA is obviously well-intentioned, but I think video games are different. I think that's the key problem, is that they're trying to shoehorn a format, that a medium that is inherently nonlinear, into a, a, a sort of hierarchical credits formula that is geared toward linear media, television movies, etc. 
Yeah. And um, I think that that must fundamentally change how a team is composed. I mean, and that must vary dramatically from game to game, too. I'm sure that God of War 3 had a very different writing team than Mass Effect 2 does, yeah. uh, for example. Uh, just, just because of how that game is structured. You know, you have a very linear game versus one where there are... Even even Red Dead's more linear than Mass Effect 2, but that's got so much incidental dialogue and it's got so much... Because yeah, you know, if, if you're dialogue. even just talking about the script, something like The Old Republic, which I think it was last year, year before, and it was the... I don't even remember the figure. It was so astronomical of, you know, yeah. 3,000 hours of just NPC. It was something ridiculous. Well, I remember... Like 30,000 scripts, of yeah. pages, or something like that. And that's yeah. just for we, dialogue. We would talk... And, and the, I remember hearing that stat, or whatever how many ridiculous pages it was, and hearing... And thinking about it more in terms of, God, how are they how are they recording all that and fitting it all into a disc and, like, making sure every different thing's accounted for with audio instead of just with text? But is that person who did, say, you know, say two people did that 30,000 pages of the Old Republic dialogue script, whatever. Now, would those people deserve as much credit as the lead writer who crafted the whole narrative arc for that? And if they do, then, I mean, that's where I'm, I'm having the issue of, Sure, the WGA sounds a little bit dated or archaic and trying to be like, oh, this is just like TV or film. Let's give them a fucking award. It's the same thing. You know, why aren't they crediting people? But they also are trying to do what's best, I think, for the industry to develop that. We all know, no matter what it is, you have to encourage people, even if it's awards, even if it's something that's um, imaginary in essence, like an achievement. Yeah. Like achievement points, well, those are awards for writers. I mean, sure, you can get better jobs for it because of your clout, but I think whatever it does, and if that means the IGDA maybe makes their own award ceremony, and sure, there, there are so many different awards from BAFTA to, you know, just everywhere for games already. But for the writers themselves, maybe we have to look at they need to have new classifications, new, um, you know, yeah. like... Um, junior writer or like right. assistant executive writer or something or like script development, um, product placement specialist or creator, something that goes into what Doug is talking about of how there are so many things. A mythology is created with every game and I'm mm -hmm. sure every game franchise has that giant Mass Effect Bible because they have to go back and basically um, maintain it, farm it. Right. Yeah. In, in essence. And that is a lot of work. It's not just writing that script for, you know, uh, Wall Street 3, money slept sometime, and no one gives a crap anymore about Michael Douglas, yeah. where you just write it and you film it. Yeah. So maybe this is kind of leading back to a, a cultural issue then in the industry, because um, the Writers Guild is essentially a union, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And uh, are there, I mean, I'm just wondering, are, are there many, is there much of a union presence in game development? Like, are employees at major publishers ever unionized? Wasn't that the issue with places yeah. like EA and people with got fired? And EA yeah. spouse and with Rockstar spouse and with others where it's, you know, they you go on to crunch time and you're there six days a week and thinking about it the other day and maybe working from home. Like, I, I would imagine due to the working conditions there isn't a union. And if there is one that they have really, really crappy PR because we haven't heard of them. I wonder what, what happened with all that because it kind of fizzled out. Without really any sort well, of public resolution. I mean, without going into too much wider, like there's been a strong movement away from unionization for the private sector in the U.S. for a very long time, and the few unions that are left are fighting for their lives. So, well, it's, uh, yeah, the the fallout after that, or after the dust clear, as far as looking at you trying to unionize in the game industry that. You can look at, I'm sure there's some kind of unionization. I mean, if you're part of the IGDA, it's not required, but that's 
it's still a wild jungle of yeah. trying to develop this as the business model has worked enough to make it the most profitable in, in you know, almost the world when you look at just raw numbers, mm -hmm. pulling in more than films do. But it's still just kind of like, hey, we have all this money. What do we do with it? How do we organize ourselves? And that's why you know the ESRB has been taking the task. So I, I guess this whole awards thing with WGA is kind of um, more or less an indication of where the industry is at. Trying to put on the big boy shoes, but it's not ready for it yet. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like trying to do a union, maybe that wouldn't work. And EA now has tried to fix their public face. Like they yeah. have, I just tried to sign in today for Dead Space Two. Went to the website and noticed that, like on their careers page, it has you know we're lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, transgender uh, friendly, and like yeah. trying to change their image. But they did that's, put out that it gets better video too. Yeah. So. So is that where we're at right now is in regards to the writing, aside from the, the humanity of it, that these people are working their asses off to make the games that we enjoy in an interactive experience that we've never seen before with just those passive film, book, radio, whatever media, but they don't get what they deserve. And I, think, um, I think really the solution is probably what you're talking about in terms of changing titles. Like if you get... The important groups together, like if you say a requirement on I, for IGDA membership or, um, you know, whatever main industry group there is, like a requirement for membership is when you're doing credits for people or you're giving job, you know, maybe independent from what the job title is, but if you're crediting people for work on the game, you know, if you're doing this type of writing, it's this. If you're the manager of the writers, you're this title. So that then, I mean, it's kind of just to the purpose of coming back and saying to give you awards, you know. A, you're doing it, and B, this is who we acknowledge, but also it could eventually lend stability in terms of saying, oh, you were the whatever writer on this game? Yeah. Then, you you know, because the titles are codified and because everything's the same for every company, then you know roughly how much work they've done or roughly what position they were at. I, I mean, it's it sounds like it's something that others have adopted, but it certainly helps to have a, a union to be able to push it through. I guess because we're not even really caring who gets the award. I mean, the awards are still, they're like the Spike TV awards anyway, is that nobody really cares. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, extent, let's yeah. talk about that. Like, I know other people have talked about this as well. I might be changing gears a little bit, but why the fuck isn't there a one award show we can point to yet? Has just the dust not cleared yet? Or well, look at how it's, if you look at something like the Tonys or the Grammys or the Emmys or whatever. The Oscars. Kind of, yeah, anything. They have this tradition of elegance with it that even if now, you know, you're even getting... Even if it's a crock of shit, yeah, it's still there. Even if you're getting, you know... Um, so I guess age is just the most important thing there? Or that, or just, yeah, where it started. Because look at the infancy of the games industry of now with the award shows, because those are still probably new in the last ten years, more or yeah. less, of... You have the Spike Video Game Awards. You have advertisements for Mountain Dew, and then the cast of some like high school football drama last year, and like Jersey Shore come up on stage. I mean, that's where we're at with that is because the marketing is still targeted towards the 18 to 24 demographic. The same thing that, not to bring it up for the podcast, but has been going on with that whole Penny Arcade controversy right. of the stereotype of our subculture of gamers and our award shows. It's that. it's that it's insulated and it's not looking to anything else. Whereas if you look at the Oscars, you know they have they run the whole demographic gamut in terms of who they expect to yeah. watch. Because yeah. we don't we don't care about the Oscars. If you know if uh, 
Um, you know, you, you know, Ricky Gervais goes up on right. stage and makes a fart joke. Like it's oh ha ha, but he's still hosting this giant award show that's prestigious, even if it really doesn't matter. Well, it, moreover, like it, you yeah. know, not necessarily the person or the film that wins, you know, best best film or the actor that wins best actor. Like there's obviously talk about how it's lifetime achievement awards or different things, yeah. you know, representing a body of like. This movie finally got you nominated for it, and we look at the rest of what you've done and go, okay, you can get it this year. And so, at a certain point, like it might not matter, but it still matters, right? Because then they can slap that on their DVD box, and then you, you can get something like um, Where's the that Hurt or? Locker, which right. movies are created almost to get awards from now on. They're funded specifically for that. I mean, that's where the Hurt Locker came from. Yeah, it was funded by you know the they producers to, of Twilight because right. they wanted, or the film studio because they wanted to the be studio known wanted the prestige oh. as something other than Twilight people. Well, and there's, and there's also certainly marketing, like to a certain extent. The, the you know games would be published for the holiday season or yeah. pushed to the holiday season or scheduled for the holiday season so that you can sell a shitload at Thanksgiving and Christmas time, but you know there's also a lot of movies that come out in certain windows because that's when Oscar season is. I guess to be fair, if we were just talking to kind of bring it back to the writing part, if we were just talking about putting somebody's name on a box, what's different than that of now where we'll put or the industry will put. You know, best in show of E3, which the game hasn't even been out yet, and they put it on the box, like, or the advertisement. Actually, even that's, when the game yeah. comes out, it's like, hey, yeah. best of E3 2009. It's like, well, that didn't even release until 2010, so. That's one of the few things where it actually, yeah. well, that's actually a pretty good example. I mean, it, it might not mean much because you're looking at a preview version of it, yeah. but there are, there are standards to which those games are held. They must be, you know, have lengthier chunks playable than just, you know, go up and play 10 minutes on the controller on the floor at E3. And they go through panels of judges of people who are appropriate from throughout the game's media. So, like, you can start naming off some of the all-star games writers, and those are guys who are on E3, you know, Judges Week. And there's a, a week separate where that's basically they get flown to a hotel and then play through all these different games from the different publishers. Right. So that's one of the examples of a place where... They've made this into a rule. They've made this set, and it actually could mean something. Yeah. And I guess maybe consistency and name branding could allow something like if this is a I don't hate to say, it, but this is like a nine or nine point five from IGN, or if this is Game of the Year from IGN. It means more than you know. If there's somebody that's listing off thirty Game of the Year achievements from other websites, like oh, it's IGN. We know what that means. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I, I guess it kind of lends itself to saying you know. If, if something's around 50 years from now and is still meaningful, then yeah, this will be turned into the equivalent of the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever. But it's in transition. It's, that's the whole problem. It's, yeah. it, it, it's kind of funny because if we really dive into this, we look at it as we're looking at the maturity of the industry, games as art debate, right. we're looking at you know the stereotype of the subculture itself, just all talking about the awards for games that in the end, you know, can still be like uh, Modern Warfare 2 last year with you know, Jesse Stern, his script, and how ridiculously crap that was, in my opinion. <laughs> and, you know, he's still nominated. No for, it's, it's, it's still nominated because it was more of like, here's what we have available what the from the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> well, go yeah. to this, like, the giant bomb back and forth. What, what do the numbers mean? Well, I'll go tell you about this time when I went here. What do the numbers mean? I'll tell you about when I went here. What do the numbers mean? Oh, yeah. It, I guess the, the WGA right now is just picking the low-hanging fruit for the industry because they credited the right people and they came out in the year that they're giving an award. Like, that's really about it for now, yeah. which is fine. But I just hope in the future that what we're looking at is 
the individual gets recognized, even if it's part of a team, because not everybody has to turn into that monster star script writer, because then, you know, you'll be raising development costs just to have that name on there. You'll exactly. Be, you'll be raising yeah. the prices potentially at retail. You will be making it into the film industry, which could lead to stagnation of just, you know what, we got this big name on there. You know, hey, let's just, you know, push this game out. It doesn't really have to have a great story, which is the really awful end, but I just hope that this kind of brief uh, debate that happened between a few people in the, in, the, in the industry, pardon me, and the WGA going back and forth just says that, okay, well, we, we definitely need to start changing things, but I don't see it as any kind of short-term fix because no. the industry itself has them tons of other problems to worry about before they get to the crediting of someone who wrote, you know, the advertisement for uh, yeah. paying soda or whatever yeah. in that space. You know, it's, it's funny because I've, you know, when we look back on all the major topics we feel like we should be discussing here with Silicon Sasquatch, it seems like the conclusion we more often than not come to with any sort of controversy or issue is that, well, you know, things are in a state of flux. Things are changing. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how everything kind of ties back to that. Like, you know, this is clearly a struggle. That's why that, you know, writers are speaking out, why you have voices on both sides kind of contesting it. And, um... I don't know. I guess. I guess, to me, the one good takeaway is that people are making a big deal out of this and recognizing that hey, you know, these people do a lot of hard work too, and they deserve to be recognized for it. And uh, I guess ideally there will be some sort of compromise soon. So. Yeah. At least these are. At least they're getting recognition on the, you know, in the credits and on the box. And at least we're, we're past the point where people aren't getting recognition at all for their work. All right. Any uh, closing statements? I guess maybe just for housekeeping's sake, and I don't know. Feel free to add comments onto the uh, onto the post when this goes up, but also feel free to maybe send emails in. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to send emails, since we're uh, so afraid of those spiders that crawl on our bodies. Um, the what? You lost me there, but keep, keep going. Have you been methin? <laughs> But yeah, method. Um, make a bad pun there. Uh, but yeah, please, please, please don't listen to me and just yeah, send us an email. Uh, our email addresses are just our first name at siliconsasquatch.com. So uh, my first name is Nick, and as you may have deduced, you can email Nick at siliconsasquatch.com, and it'll pop up in my inbox, and I'll get to hear all about all the horrible shit you want to say about me and my family. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I guess maybe. Doug at SiliconSasquatch.com and, and maybe if we get some decent emails I mean, we would like to keep these podcasts on to one topic and concise but I think I would be open to hearing feedback and oh, talking, absolutely. About, talking about feedback maybe adding 5-10 minutes of discussing what we've talked about previously if somebody comes up with really good points or emails in. Yeah, if you guys have anything to, to add or to comment on anything we've been podcasting about, we're happy to uh, address that stuff on the next episode. So, Yeah. Emails. My name's Aaron, so you know you can do the mental math to figure out what the last part of that email address would be. What, what, I, what I is the last part of that email address? Aaron at likesdick.com. Yes. <laughs> That's actually at uh, Hotmail. No. <laughs> Cacao. Or Netscape. And or Boosh. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I hope we get some commentary. Me, nice. me too. And it'd be nice to get some commentary on something that isn't related to Dick Wolves. And you could also tell us that it sucks too. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll take constructive feedback. Just knowing that someone listened to this is like... And just knowing that somebody listened hard. all the way to here. 
Yeah, that's that's the best thing. If you're still listening at this point, you must love us. God bless at this you. Point. <laughs> God bless you. All right, thanks, gents. We will see you guys next time, next week, same iTunes channel, same Squatch time. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to do the Squatch. Dirty. You just you don't like it. Teach me how to Squatch. No, no. that's goodbye, no. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs>